Hobbs, Miller, and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Monday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller for the next two hours talking sports with you. Thanks for giving us some of your time uh, here this morning. BMW of Des Moines guest list shapes up like this at the bottom of the hour. Scott Dockerman and the Hawks are first this week. Doc will opine on the uh, weekend, uh, well, the game on Saturday in Madison and then Sunday uh, at Kinnick Stadium with 55,000 people in attendance to watch the DePaul-Iowa women exhibition game. Uh, so we'll talk to Doc about uh, all things Iowa coming up at 11.30. Bama Bob, Trent, and I will recap an unbelievable weekend of college football. That gets underway at 12.05 before Alec Bussey, who was in Cincinnati, to watch the Cyclones topple the Bearcats, and away they go to 4-2 and two and potentially postseason. And we all saw that coming. <laughs> right, right. Uh, Mr. Monday Night will be here just before 1 o'clock with his pick on what promises to be at least a pretty good game, right? I think so. Uh, Chargers and the Cowboys, uh, this got a chance to be a really good one. Last night, I thought it was going to be a stinker. It was a really good game. I mean, the final play of the game, uh, in a way, determined it. But uh, obviously, we got to talk about the needle movers first. And Iowa State played first over the weekend. So we'll start with them. And I mean, they're growing up, Trent, mm-hmm. in, in front of our very eyes. And it's really fun to watch. It really is. Um, getting contributions from so many players. I love the fact that you got to go to that roster, the depth chart, and who's this kid, with this, who's number blah, blah, blah. And he's making plays out there, and, and Rocco Beck continues uh, to take the necessary steps forward as the quarterback does. Defensive lines, 88 and 89, um, are really good. Um, they're not alone. The linebackers, TJ Tampa, had his best game, I think, of the entire year. The fake field goal, special teams. There goes Jalen Knoll. I mean, last year he put his hand in the air, and I'll just take it right here. I'm yep. good. What a difference. What a difference in their 4-2, and two, and every bowl projection you see today has them in. Remarkable. As they should be. As they should be. Absolutely no yep. doubt about it. There were so many plays during the course of the game, and you know, as we talked about this game last week, I was just so surprised. Cincinnati being favored by yeah, over a field goal. I just, I, I was too. I couldn't wrap my mind around oh, it. Oh, Jaden Higgins was pretty good to go. Oh, yes, he was. And that was kind of a breakout performance because yeah. we've been waiting for that one. Yep. You know, there was a lot of buzz. He had big numbers at Eastern Kentucky. We're waiting mm-hmm. for it to click to become the next in the long line of good wide receivers at Iowa State. Took a little longer maybe than you hope. Yep. But he's getting there. Sure is. Absolutely a big step forward. And you know, watching this game, the third down conversions, the ability to do it now in a myriad of different ways. When the offensive line for the first month, month and a half of the season was struggling so much, they just had to roll Rocco out. In third and fourth, there's mm-hmm. no chance they can run the football. Nope. How about early in the game, the quarterback power play? Yes. I love that play. I do too. Because we really hadn't seen it. Uh-uh. A couple of times, Rocco using his legs to pick up first downs. You mentioned the field goal and, and getting that conversion that way, the fake field goal and what they did. But it's now not, if it's third and medium, they could not run the football at all. That was never in the doubt. And though they'd do some zone read stuff and things like that, you knew they weren't handing the football mm-hmm. off because the offensive line wasn't playing at that level. When your offensive line starts to play better, it opens up so much more of the playbook. They went 5 of 15 on third down conversions. 
It felt like they were 10 of 15, though. <laughs> yeah. you, you know, when I, I look yeah. back at the box score after watching the game, and I'm like, that doesn't feel right. Because it felt like when they needed those third and fours, they came up with them every yep. single time. And yep. you, you just get five conversions, yet it didn't feel like that throughout the course of the game. No, it didn't. Um, defensively, I, th- I thought uh, Gary Vaughn, who's been banged up, I thought he yeah. had his best game of the year. Um, I mean, so many, so much recognition could go around, right, to, with, with this team. And uh, Brommer, he had that drop early. There's a little, you know, maybe uh, he's got to make that catch, and he mm-hmm. would say he's got to make that catch, but... Um, Nick Olson's boy, Steve O'Klotz, catching a touchdown pass in the football game. Uh, Iowa State is on their way. I think on their way to postseason. Yes. I really do. I mean, and right now, power rankings have them number three. I think they're sitting second in the comp. I mean, come on. They control their own destiny to get to the title game. I mean, think of that. This team. They still have to play Texas. And if they beat and, them. And that's what I'm saying. Back in your point In November, up, on right? a cold day, and maybe yeah. at night. Maybe the Longhorns have lost another game, and the chance of a college football playoff is off, and you never you know don't. what's going to happen. A cold, wintry night mm-hmm. in Ames. And the Longhorns come up there. Their national title hopes are da- get dashed. Yeah. Maybe even their Big 12 title hopes are dashed, and what kind of mental team is going to be making <sighs> their way there? Unbelievable. Good for you. The, the in-season coaching adjustments mm-hmm. that this staff has undertaken, uh, they need to be applauded. They yes. really do. Because it it's, it's, um, it's one thing to rip them, but when they do turn it around, um, you know, be fair. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, they clearly have. They clearly have. I know that guy in Ohio takes a lot of crap for you're on the hot seat, Campbell. <laughs> you know what? Since that period. <laughs> yes. <laughs> maybe a little fire under him. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. You know, maybe this guy needs to come to the uh, season-ending banquet right. <laughs> and recognize him a little bit. But, but uh, oh, look, uh, the, the play of Rocco Becton, he's just getting more comfortable. Comfortable back there. Mm-hmm. Norton trip, by the way, he was not. He was, yeah, it wasn't his own guy. It wasn't that got the him, tight yeah. end that got him. He it was tripped. a friendly fire. It wasn't. <laughs> no. I thought at first it was. I did too. And I, then when they showed the head from the from the end zone mm-hmm. shot, because he just tripped on his own feet. Um, but they're running the ball. I, I still like this Hanson kid that we mm-hmm. talked about. He played a lot. He, late in the game, mm-hmm. he did. Eli Sanders has figured it out. He was the hammer late in the game. Let's go to the hammer. Yeah. Get Hanson in there. Contreras. Bunch of Sama. Is no, he, I, you know what? I think he made one or two snaps early in the game, and that was it. Did he get banged up? Apparently the week before. Oh, okay. Apparently the week before. That but makes you're right, sense. Trent. There, yeah. was, there was no Abu Sama uh, in that football game. But well done, Iowa State. You get the bye week this week, then you go to Baylor. Uh, you got BYU coming up. You've got Kansas coming up. You've got to go to K-State. You've got to host Texas. You've got to win two more games, bottom line, mm-hmm. and not let this Ohio game come back and bite you in the you-know-what. Yep. And I think they will. And I believe they will as we sit here today. I think um, they're going to get there. All right. Uh, so let's uh, let's go to Madison before we come back and circle around and, uh, and open up the phone lines. Um, it, it makes my eyes bleed <laughs> watching what we watched. Yeah. You're not alone. I know. How can you knock it? Yeah. Look at the result. Proof is in the pudding. Six and one. Six and one. Who's going to beat them? I turned during the game. Oh, no, you didn't. I made a turn because... Oh, you turned? No, I thought you turned to an Oh, no, 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 no. To get a little taste of that. <laughs> no. And then, yeah. No, I was locked in the whole time. I didn't flip I, at all. Because... I didn't either, Trent, because I knew if I did, I'd want to stay there. Right. Yeah. 
I stayed on it the whole way through. Knowing I was hosting Sound Off on the night. How'd that go, by the way? It was really fun. Was it fun? Yeah, thanks again to Ross for inviting me in. I had such an enjoyable time. The goofy callers, the fun callers, the smart callers. Drunk callers? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, yeah. Sandy Bush and her sister Ginger. Oh, yeah, they were, they were calling in. Who are in. they? Do we know them? They're, they're a couple regulars. regulars? Yep. Okay. That call in. They, uh, it, it was a really fun time. But knowing that, it was locked in. Nothing else. Just it right. has to be about this right away. And during the third quarter, as Iowa kicks the field goal to go up 10-6, and the negativity is out there. Do you know how many passes Deacon Hill threw in the fourth quarter? I don't. The answer is zero. Mm-hmm. He goes one of four passing in the second, second half, half of the yeah. for one yard. Right. And all the national media are going to be having fun at mm-hmm. Iowa's expense. Mm-hmm. Let them. Yeah, wait till Tuesday night strength. That show you hate, that uh, I love? Yeah. They're going to be a topic. <laughs> they will be. <laughs> they will be. This team is not aesthetically pleasing. Oh, they're awful. It's tough to watch. They find a way. Uh-huh. And let the national media have their narratives. Uh-huh. Let them rip this program. Just enjoy it. This is the last year of this. This right. is the last year of the Big Ten as we know it. Yep. This is the last year of the Big Ten West. This is the last year of college football as yes. we know it. The likelihood... That even good Iowa teams get to a Big Ten championship game is going to be so slight. It's going to be a whole lot more difficult, without a doubt. Even going 7-2 and two and that gauntlet of a schedule that they're going to be playing they going They do forward. catch, a, I'll say, a little bit of a break because of the three crossovers. They've got the most. Right? They do. Not that Wisconsin's a layup or no. Nebraska's a layup any year. Minnesota's Minnesota. But, finish your point. But still, yep. even at 7-2, and two, probably most years, that's not going to get you in Two of 18 teams. Yeah. It's just not going to get there. Probably. This is, for the foreseeable future, the last likely time they're mm-hmm. going to be in Indianapolis mm-hmm. in the conference championship game. Right. So enjoy the ride. Yeah. And going into Madison. As tough as it is to watch. Yes. And it is incredibly tough to well, watch. Well, maybe for you. But for a fan, embrace sure, it. Sure, sure. Embrace the yeah. suck. That's what uh, Asir said last night on Sound Off. I really, embrace the suck. Is that what he said? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Embrace the awfulness and just eat it up and just enjoy it for what it is. To go into Madison, that program that kind of took your ball. Over the last three decades, they're just a tick higher than I am. Mm-hmm. What they've accomplished with the Rose Bowl wins and the Big Ten championships. Just They were what Iowa was in the 80s and the 90s. They took their ball. And to go in there and beat them at their game. To just pound the crap out of them. We're going to run it. We're not throwing the football. We're going to line up and we're going to maul you. Yep. And to physically defeat that football team. And that's what they did. That was fun. You know who the ringleader was on Saturday? For defensively? Defensively? Yeah. Why Black was out. He was really good. He wouldn't be the first star in my mind. But Sebastian Castro. Ding, ding, ding. A guy that he was, was phenomenal. Kind of an also-ran recruit. Yes. All right, another three-star from the suburbs of mm-hmm. Chicago. We'll see. And what he has turned into. A good special teams player a couple years, and then this. Trent, he hits stud. you. He hits you. Physicality. Yes. This whole team uh-huh. brought it physically. Yep. Xavier Wampa played as physical of a game as he has in a while because he didn't look like that guy. I was so upset, even after the wins against Purdue and a Michigan State. It just This is unwatchable. It's not, now, just embrace it. Mm-hmm. Have fun with it. If you're a Hawkeye fan, enjoy the ride. It's not going to be pretty. Nope. 
It's not going to be something that you're going to be talking about the great Iowa offense of 2023. There's not going to be any Monday awards coming to anybody on offense, particularly yep. to the quarterback. Right. That's just the way it is. Deshaun Williams, she should win something. This right. Do you remember a couple, three weeks ago, we, we got back together on Monday? Man, Trent, I'm thinking Williams is probably down to number three on the depth chart. Right. Because he's... Fine, right? Fine, but the he, last couple of weeks, my God, he's come to life in a big way. We know Caleb Johnson physically is special. Mm-hmm. A guy built like that. It's like he's custom made to yep. be a running back with the speed and the size that he has. Uh-huh. He's just a perfect fit. And I you have Patterson had supplanted Williams. He has a burst. Uh-huh. He runs maybe as hard of any of the three running backs that play significant minutes. You have that. Even Moulton, we saw, you know that Moulton, if he gets bigger, he's got a chance. And Sean Williams just in the background, mm-hmm. third down back, and that play, and he didn't get chased down this time. No, he didn't. And the patience that he showed on that run, and that's something I heard in the post game show uh, was talked about, is the offensive staff talked to the running backs and talked to Liddell Betts, and he talked to his group about we have to the offensive line's getting better in the run game. We have to let it develop, and you saw that in that run. Mm-hmm. The patience by mm-hmm. Williams, a little hitch. A little hop, yep, and off to the races. Reminds me of a guy who played names a couple of years ago. Right, he yeah. does the way he waited for the whole stuff, yep. and then accelerated, and then accelerated, and ran through it. That was outstanding. It's not going to be pretty. Nope. These last five games are going to be a lot of those. But if this defense keeps playing at this physical level, and why why shouldn't they? Right, right. Oh, the Eric All injury was that's gross. Tough. That's really tough. It was a dirty play. You go to the mm. inside knee. I hate that play. And I don't think it was purposely. I mean, that's where he mm. ended up. But mm. it's it spur of the moment. I, I don't think that, it, okay, I've got a chance to get him. I don't think that's go. I hope that's not going. You go after the knee. It's the same thing they did to Gronk, and I hated it. Mm-hmm. I but hate that's it. where you're, you can't tackle high anymore. Right. Yeah, and that's what you have to do. But uh-huh. it, was, it, was, it was really unfortunate. I mean, Lachey and All and McNamara, and they're going to win the West. And they're going to win the West. They're going to win the West. They're going to begin win the West. You know, there's a, this other narrative out there. Do you even want to win the West and go out there and get B forty one three? Yeah, of course you do. Who cares? Right. Go and out- yes, you are going to get B forty one to three by Michigan. I've heard, I've had enough of the Ohio State Penn State. Michigan's the best team in the country. They're the but- best team in the country. Bowers is out now for Georgia. He is. I saw the head surgery. Out, out like yeah. not out next week. Mm-hmm. He's done. Yeah, he had surgery and he a high ankle surgery. Sprint. What do they call it? Didn't Tua have something like that too? Not sure. Where they do something with whatever it is. But yeah, he had surgery yeah. today. And he's not coming back. Michigan's the best team in the country. Michigan's the best team in the country. Yeah, maybe they'll, they'll get in the phone booth and make a couple mistakes. You never know. Well, they were down seven zipped in the after the first half. Yeah. After the first quarter. First quarter yeah. And uh, let Iowa hang around. No. But, <laughs> but what does that mean, though? Six nothing? <laughs> well, it, yeah. <laughs> yes. The Penn State game was 10 nothing. Uh-huh. Iowa played. Terrible. Every break went against them in the first half. You're 100% right. They do the same thing, and all of a sudden a couple of breaks do go their yep. way. Yep. Anything can happen. The Penn yes. State game, Iowa was hanging around. The likelihood is they're going to get blown out. But to have that defeatist attitude, no, don't, have that. don't even want to be there. No, uh-uh. don't go that way. This is the last year you're going to be there. Right. <laughs> this is going to be the last year to yep. play that game. So go in there mm. and see where the chips fall. Mm-hmm. I'm. It flipped for me. And... During the second quarter, as Brian, some of the play calling, they got away from the run. They finally went back to it on the Williams touchdown run, but trying to be too cute. And the cuteness went away. Knock it off. You can't throw the football. You can't. No. You don't have a quarterback capable of doing it. You so don't. don't. No. And they didn't. And they went into Madison, 
and those idiot Padre fans, and they stuck it right in their face, and mm-hmm. I loved it. I absolutely loved mm-hmm. it. That game was fun. Now, I'm a fan. You are not. That was tough. And you had it was really it. tough to watch. You watched it a different way. Uh-huh. As a fan, though, fan Hawkeye fans out there, just enjoy it. Enjoy this ride. I don't disagree with what you're saying. Absolutely enjoy it. It's really difficult to watch, and screw the country. Yep. Because you're going to be sick and tired of hearing it like you were a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's coming back, and it's probably coming back tenfold, because this is worse. But you know what? You're going to win the West, and you're going to be in the conversation, um, and enjoy it, because, as Trent said, that safety net that is the Big Ten West, and it is awful. As bad as it's been, ever. And it's not close. It's really not, is it? Wisconsin's terrible. When, when Mordecai went out, it was they had no chance. They had no chance, and they don't think they had a chance with more. Because I've been saying, I'm not, I'm not in love with this kid no. at all. I know he had great stats. Where was he? Um, SMU. SMU. Yeah, he had good stats there. Uh, th- no, they, they were never going to win this game. It was just that game plan by Wisconsin too. What sixteen of the first nineteen plays were pass plays? You know, Wisconsin. I know. I know they're changing and they're evolving. Well, they want to. But you still have a six foot, 245-pound running back that is an excellent college running back mm-hmm. in Braylon Allen. But he was out in and out of that he game. He was, though. yeah. And there was one hit in the second half. Oof. I don't think he wanted to go back in. No, I don't It was either. the one that he fumbled, no. and they ended up getting the first down. He took a pounding. Yeah. Hawks defense came to play. Well, they always come to play. Yeah. They just do. But now they're getting better. This was not, an, this was not a prototypical Iowa defense the first four or five games of the year. Mm-hmm. They're good, mm-hmm. but they weren't elite. Yep. We saw elite on Saturday. I think you did. I, I do. And you mentioned why Black was terrific. Aaron Graves. Aaron Graves is phenomenal. To click. I agree. Yes. It's starting to click. Yes. Need to get more of a pass rush. We're seeing they're going to have to dial up more blitzes. And we saw that on the safety play as he had Castro coming off the edge God, on that well. one. And Phil using a timeout there. What are you using? Yeah. A defensive timeout. Because he saw something. Mm-hmm. And we're going to dial it up here. And exactly Black comes what he in did. And Castro off the edge. And it was a thing of beauty. Yep. 12-6 to be in Madison, mm-hmm. to have that game and say, yeah, a touchdown beats us. But guess what? You're not scoring a touchdown against our defense today. Nope. Oh, that was so Drew good. Drew Stevens. Drew Stevens. Yep. Uh, you know who that, I really that like? That kick, too. The one that uh, oh, the, started on the left and then yes. moved its way into the center. Yeah, that thing was halfway up oh, the net. Oh, huge! He had at least ten yards on that one. You know, what else I like a lot, Weijin. I like Weijin a lot. He's got speed. He's he's got some jets, does he not? Mm-hmm. He can turn it on. Really good performance by both. Even Drake had a nice win this weekend. No, oh, did they? Well, I read about it. I didn't see anything about it, but it was a big win apparently. Good for Drake. But well done, Iowa and Iowa State. Love to watch this Iowa State team grow up before our very eyes, and it's hard to watch for some of us. But the proof's in the pudding, right? And there you'll find them right on top of the Big Ten West. And we saw the over under that came out from Circa. For the Iowa Minnesota yes, game, was it 32, yeah. 31 and a half? I've never never seen an opener like that. We've seen weather that has dropped things down, or just yeah. a lot of betting on the under. Yeah, never an opener at that level that I, I can can't, remember. I can't. Army recall. Navy never opens that low. Oof. They usually open like thirty four and a half. Who cares what the total is, right? Just win the damn game, and pretty sure that they're going to be able to find a way to do that. And uh, so after Minnesota, they get their bye, mm-hmm. and then off to Northwestern, and then. Who's between Rutgers. Rutgers, Rutgers, right. Rutgers at home, Illinois at home, finish at Huskerville. The best team they will play the rest of the way is Rutgers. Although Illinois, what do you think this past weekend? Maybe they figured it out. Maybe, right? Maybe. That was a really nice win. It was a good win for them. I agree. In totality, though, 
the best team that yeah, they will play, yeah. and not when you have two games left. When you have five games left, the best team that you're going to play is a Rutgers Scarlet. Are we selling Nebraska short? Yeah. Well, no. You don't think so? They're good defensively. Mm-hmm. They, that team going to move the ball against Iowa's defense? I, I, I don't think any of the five we just named is going to move the ball against yeah, Iowa's that's defense. That's a fair point, too. Yeah. Um, I don't. What's the total in that game? 27 and a half? Jesus. If you had to put out a total right now for Iowa Nebraska, yeah, it'll be probably the same, 31, something like that. Give me the under. Yeah. That's got 9 6, 5 3, mm. 2 nothing in triple overtime. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, we'll see where it's going, but it's, it's certainly a fun weekend and a major, major step for Iowa State the postseason. This job that Campbell has done and Ryan Clanton has done uh, and, uh, and Nate Shieldhouse has done. Haycock, we praise him every year. He kind of goes without saying, right? He's just a special defensive coordinator. The state's got two of them. Um, but what, uh, what Campbell's staff has been able to do and to – you know, just turn this program around in the middle of the year like they have is nothing short or remarkable. This was all about baby steps. Now they're starting to jog a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. They're not running yet, but maybe they will be by the end of the season. Mark wants to chime in. Uh, Mark, how are you, sir? Doing great. Hey, two words you guys missed. Tory Taylor. Oh, oh yes. God. Yeah, bad work out of us. <laughs> yes, Mark. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate the call. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Tory Taylor. 500 yards of punts. Uh-huh. Well done, Mark. That's really good. Yeah. Um, uh, he's just another guy we just, we take him for granted. You kind of do, right? It's like Phil Parker. You're right. You take him for granted. He is that good. Yeah. What a, what a game changer he is. What a game changer he is. And it's not just that he has a strong leg. The accuracy and the ability to bet that first punt of the game was a thing. What did it land on the two and, mm-hmm. and it's Checked like a up. wedge? It's back it up a little How bit. How he can do that time after time after time is remarkable. He's an incredible weapon. And his last year probably in Iowa City. Well, I thought it was going to be last year. I mean, I, I'm shocked that he came back this year because because of his age. Right, he, he can was go. eligible. He right. can go with this kind of season though. And he is. But I there was some inconsistency last year. There were a few times where, ooh, you know, we haven't seen that inconsistent. No, no. He had a pump block this year, and he still hit it 35 yards. No. <laughs> but doesn't, I mean, it's pretty apparent that he loves his time in Iowa City. Well, I mean, you're a 24-year-old dude with, with an, an accent. accent. At 6'4", 200 pounds. Yeah. I, hell, I enjoyed my time in Iowa City. Yeah. I'm not built like that dude. No. I can only imagine no, he's uh, the time that well. Tori is having over there. Yeah. And uh, count the kicks. I mean, as involved as he is in yes. the community. You, was there ever any determination whether um, foreigners, I'll use that word, mm-hmm. I am one, um, are they able to get NIL? I know that that was going before, I don't know, the NCAA or whoever was going to uh, uh, thumbs up or thumbs down on that. Because going into the season, they were not allowed to you know, take any money. Right. To answer your question, I'm not sure if there was something definitively put mm-hmm. on the books. I believe there was a loophole. I've heard about a few different instances. I, I think, hope so. I think there was a player at Kentucky that was foreign and a couple others that... A basketball player. Yes. I think the, he was a Canadian. Yeah, I believe you're right. Yeah. I think there was some kind of loophole that has been found, and I don't know if that translates okay. to a guy like Tory Taylor. I think there was something, but initially, yeah, you couldn't take anything. And I think they found something I to, hope so. to make it right. You know, this is that we'll do this part of the show tomorrow because there's, there's going to be some really sleepless nights coming. With this whole NIL thing, and and teams with cash 
can go shopping around the country. Um, and it's kind of a two-sided coin, right? Yeah, you got really good young talent. Mm-hmm. But now you got to find a way to pay really good young talent. Absolutely. And that's going to be a mate, sadly... Sadly, it's going to be a major talker in December. Right now, speaking of NIL, it's time for you to claim some NIL money. Head to KXNO.com. You can enter the keyword bank in the pop-up box, this nationwide contest. The keyword is bank this hour, bank at KXNO.com. It's your chance to win $1,000. Bank at KXNO.com. We'll take a time out, uh, come back. Scott Dockerman will join us. By the way, real quick, we'll do more of this with Doc. You spent yesterday afternoon at Kinnick Stadium. I did. How was it? It was an incredible environment. 55,000. Could you see? Yeah, yeah. We were in the north end zone. Um, my friends that are season ticket holders had two extras, so our seats were about the 40-yard line. Yep. And the ability to sit in the north end zone right by the court helped a lot. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't talk to anybody that was out there. I mean, there was a ton of people in the south end zone. That's a long I saw that. ways away. But they were up high. In the, but still, they were, yeah. They were in the still, upper deck to at yeah, least kind yeah. of get an angle because he had the cherry picker with the camera there. You know, the camera angle mm-hmm. is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. You know, the TV angles just wasn't I as just high as I just saw it on social to. media. I, I didn't watch, uh, listen in the Big Ten Network. My favorite part, though, was just as, as the game was beginning and they're doing the starting lineups and he had the flyover that happened. How cool. I mean, they did. I didn't see that. Is obviously, that... you don't have a flyover for a game in an arena. Yeah, no, <laughs> right? Yeah. But you had a flyover for it. Fireworks. So the starting lineup was going on, and just thinking, this is women's basketball. Yeah, you know, my connection to the women's basketball team, and you know, I've followed it for a very long time because mm-hmm. of my connection there. And you know, one of my best friends, his wife, athletic trainer for them for a number of years, and. Watching games, good games, good Big Ten games with four or five thousand people in the stands, and and I know how Lisa Bluter and Jan Jensen tried everything with a good successful product, try to get people out there, and you had fifty five thousand people to watch an exhibition game. You have sold out a season in a fifteen thousand seat arena mm-hmm. for women's basketball. She's pretty powerful, isn't she? You know who I'm talking about. Not There's Lisa no Blue doubt. Or not nope. Jensen. And, I, and I love both those women. I do. <laughs> but they're but, buying tickets to see 22. Yes. And she is a triple-double yesterday. It's something we have never seen before in this state. We've mm-hmm. never seen anything like it. And we probably never will. And I don't think you will. I don't think we will. Scott Dockerman next. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. For life. Welcome back, Miller and Con, to Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Busy weekend for a number of the Iowa media. Madison on Saturday, Iowa City on Sunday. Eventful weekend. Scott Dockerman joins us. Doc Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on. Let's start with the football before we uh, uh, relive what happened yesterday in front of 55,000 and change. Uh, far from a thing of beauty, Doc. They seldom are, but you know what? The results speak for themselves, and there they are on top, uh, on top of the heap in the Big Ten West. Uh, Wisconsin quarterback now Mordecai's up for a, 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 seemingly um, a, 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 at least a few games. And Iowa with Deacon Hill and 37 yards, it doesn't matter, Doc. Uh, there they are on top of the West. 
Yeah, I mean, we, we're certainly back to the future, meaning that we're in the 1930s on offense when it comes to Iowa at this point. But you know what? Uh, a win's a win, and, and a, on the road against a, an opponent that you traditionally measured yourself against, one that uh, you tried to establish line of scrimmage against, and Iowa did. I mean, that's they have the most rushing yards against Wisconsin that they've had since 2008 when Sean Green was there and uh, really dominated both. Both sides of the line of scrimmage. It was uh, it was an impressive performance from that end. When you see how Iowa was able to do that and hold them, hold uh, the Badgers to only two field goals. And I think if the game would have went longer, it, it would have been uglier because <laughs> yep. Iowa had thoroughly damaged them um, up front. It was a dominating performance on both sides. And Doc, it's something that you've written about a ton throughout the years. It's something that Ken and I have talked about a lot. It's that run game and. Going away from the outside zone, it just doesn't work anymore. Certainly doesn't work against an odd man front like a 3-4 like Wisconsin employs. That outside backer or the defensive end just comes in and gets a two-yard loss. They went away from it. And though they still have some inside zone elements, it's a lot more counterplays, isos, hat-on-hat blocking, old-school football. You know who they kind of look like? Old Wisconsin. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, uh, the only thing missing is about 20 extra pounds per player. Uh, right. that they would definitely look like Wisconsin. But, you know, it's it's a style that works for this team right now because they're, they're not really that athletic up front. I mean, other than maybe Logan Jones, that that man, gap, and counter are the really the ways to, to run the football with this team. And, and it does work because I think what we're seeing is, especially in the interior, when you're running, when you're running counter, and uh, inside zone that has really been effective for this team. I mean, they're really powering um, and getting getting some good push, and 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 each week it's getting better and better. And then then you have a guy like Lashawn Williams who really runs hard, and I think has been really impressive. He's kind of uh, you know if you draw on some players from the past, I think Makai Sargent and Adam Robinson come to mind when I see him, and I, I think he's got a real. You know, all all the running backs now that Jazz Patterson's back, I think, really have a chance to elevate this uh, running game, yep. which in turn will help them, um, you know, have good punting by the end of the possession. <laughs> yeah. And they certainly did that uh, this last week. You know what else they had, Doc? Um, Sebastian Castro, I thought he had, and he's been he's been kind of trending in this direction, right? He's had some good games. The game against Michigan State, he was terrific. Of course, he had the pick six against Iowa State early in the year. He was all over the field. And, Doc, he was way more physical uh, yesterday than I can remember. Not that he's, you know, that he shied away from it by any means, but he stood out in Madison. Yeah, he is, he's been the most physical defensive back for a number of years at Iowa, and uh, his game the other day, tipped the field from that side of the ball. I mean, his TFLs, he had a couple of really nice tackles on the perimeter where if they would have gotten past him and, and they weren't easy tackles, then, then there would have been big gains. And you know, he, he broke up a pass that where it was an explosive hit on the, on the edge. And then of course, uh, having, you know, on his birthday, his 23rd birthday, having the wherewithal to, to hit the ground. Now, he didn't really want to, mm. but he did. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so, you just he was everywhere the the blitz that he had at the goal line um you know enabled the uh uh defensive tackle to step up you know why black just blasted Braden Locke in the end zone and enforced the safety so he was everywhere i was actually i was a little bit surprised he wasn't the big 10 uh, defensive player of the week but he certainly deserved it 
Uh, there's no doubt about it. The physicality there. The two young defensive tackles, Y.A. Black and Aaron Graves, are both really improving. I think kind of stacking up those best game after best game after best game. You see the light bulb coming on. I did see Black got banged up late in the game. Any update oh, on yeah, him? Oh, yeah, his shoulder looked like Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. had that wrapped up. Any update on Y.A. Black, or do we have to wait till tomorrow? Yeah, well, we'll certainly have to wait till tomorrow on his full status. But, yeah, I saw him. He, got, he was held, and then... Um, not only was he held on that play, I mean, I think it was the fumble that um, that went to Iowa late in the game, but then he got landed on by one of those, you know, 330-pound <laughs> offensive linemen, and uh, then you just saw him crunching up, you know, crunching up his shoulder, so you yeah. knew it was a shoulder issue, and you know what what kind of a shoulder issue that's that remains to be determined. They probably won't let us know. I mean, it's not good, but there is different levels of dislocation versus separation versus you know, say a labrum torn, you know, or something like that. So um, I don't know if that means he'll play this week. That's, you know, a lot of times you're surprised by the end of the week anyway if guys do play. But mm-hmm. uh, he's certainly ascending as a player in in the right direction. Indeed he is. Uh, obviously, Eric All, that's not going to be as positive. We wouldn't think, right, Doc? I mean, that that looked really bad. Yeah, that I, I think it... it if you've seen those injuries before and you've seen the tests that they've taken before, you know what, what's coming. Mm-hmm. And my guess is I, I would be anything, I would be surprised if it's anything less than an ACL um, based on what I saw. Well, I mean, sure, I'm sure we'll get the official word tomorrow. But yeah, it was, it was rough. And you know, just look at this offense and the, the, the playmakers, uh, you know, Luke Lachey out for the season, mm-hmm. Eric All probably out for the season, Kate McNamara out for the season. You know, it's really, it's really a shame because the defense is playing so well, and they have the the West Division in their own, you know, in their destiny right now. And and if they had those players, I, I think it would be no question that they would be the, the the champion coming up. But not having them just continues to make you wonder, okay, when are, when are they going to have a really bad game offensively where they can't run the ball and then he can help throw his three interceptions mm-hmm. and how's that going to impact them? So, but other than that, I mean, you know, it, it was really a shame to see Eric Gall get hurt like that. The remaining five games, the uh, your colleague over at The Athletic, Chris Vanini, he puts together the one through 133 of, of the FBS level. They have Rutgers, who's ranked 50th. That's the high water team. 80th ranked Nebraska, 81st ranked Illinois, 91st ranked Northwestern, 92nd ranked Minnesota. It's not a good schedule. It's not a difficult schedule, but it can be difficult when your offense is as limited as Iowa. Can Iowa win five straight games like this with getting basically nothing out of the passing game? Can they win five more in a row doing it this way? Yeah, they can. Um, if they run the football effectively, they can. Yeah. Um, it, it, what's really going to be the the, hall, uh, the question is if they have a bad game running the football, if they get behind early, they give up a big play. Because other teams, the, the way that other teams can scout Iowa and do a decent job is uh, the, the opening series script. And then Wisconsin did too. They just didn't, they blew up a fourth down play with a really bad play call. Um, but if, if they give up a touchdown or, and then there's a couple three and outs and Lord knows we've seen enough of them, uh, you know, that, that they could be real, they could be in trouble against any of those teams. Now they are better and defensively they're better than all of them. And, and I think Rutgers might be the most challenging opponent just because they match that level of physicality. And then what they did the other day suggests that they're not, um, they are 
very mentally tough. So I think that one could be a real difficult one, but um, they've got to get something through the air. And, mm-hmm. you know, no matter what we say or do or think, they're going to do what they do. So I could tell you all I want that they need to give Joe Labus a chance or somebody else a chance, but they're not going to do it. And so you just got to kind of live with it right now as uh, and, and cover your eyes on third down and cross your fingers that it's not, <laughs> Uh, in a you know a fumble or an interception, just give this team a chance to punt. That's all. Yeah, for. yeah. <laughs> just let him get a punt. Uh, Deacon Hill, doc. I didn't see it after the game. I think the TV had cut away by then. But apparently, Deacon Hill was pretty emotional walking off the field. Did were you around him at that point? Not on the field. Yeah, he said he was, and in the post game, yep. I believe him. I'm sure. I'm sure it was a an emotional win for him. But you know. Um, you know, it'd be exciting for anybody going back to your sure. team and winning. But, you know, I, I think he should be emotional and thanking his defense and running game. I mean, 6 yeah. of 14 for 37 yards. Um, there are a lot of quarterbacks and a lot of players playing a lot of different positions who could accomplish that. Is there any more that they can unleash with Deacon Hill? Like, I, I like the shot that they took. I don't like two guys running there, meaning that there's two or three defensive backs also in the same area. More deep shots, if you're going to try something, what what do you do to try to find at least a little something more out of the quarterback position, knowing he's going to be the guy the rest of the way? I don't really know, Trent. You know, yeah. th- that's the one problem that I wish I could really emphasize on this. Is, is When you look at a quarterback or any player like that, you start to say, what are the strengths and how can you utilize them? Well, strength is his big arm. and But, you know, you can't constantly throw deep. That really doesn't. That's a very low percentage play, even for accurate quarterbacks and good wide receivers, unless it's Calvin Johnson, and they don't have that. So you know, you're then you're like, okay, what else can he do? Well, not real accurate. Um, doesn't have a lot of good touch on the ball. Doesn't run the ball at all, very you know, effectively or ineffectively. So what? You know, does he get him out of good, good and bad plays? I can't tell that. Um, does he, <laughs> you know, does he make the right decisions? Uh, so far, I would say probably not. So I don't know. I wish I had an answer for that because I, I'm struggling my own self to say what's going on here. Cause it, and, and I'm not trying to tout Joe Labus's you know, the, the Earl Morrill going all the way back. Wow, that is <laughs> going back. Great, yeah. You know, Dodd's Drock yeah. going back to the NFL days of great quarterbacks coming off the bench but you know he's 14 to 24 in the bowl game he can move and you know, scramble if necessary you know I, I has probably better touch i i don't i guess i just don't see why that wouldn't be an option you know unless he just makes an incredible amount of mistakes in practice to where they feel don't, they don't feel comfortable with him taking any snaps because you got to have something and i haven't seen anything what was the biggest storyline from yesterday afternoon, Doc? Was it the 55? Was it the fact that the Children's Hospital was involved? Was it the unique event? How did you sum up yesterday? Yeah, I think it's really about a lot of different moments mm-hmm. for, the, for the program as a whole, and I think it's the experience and the event itself. I think one of the things that uh, uh, Lisa Bluter had talked about was when she started coaching back in the, in the mid-'80s that – she was, uh, you know, she'd be lucky to have 55 people there at a game. And now you've got 55,000 filling it up. And, and just to see the smile on their faces, like, wow, we did it. These people are coming. They're excited. And it was loud and, and energized. And I think it really just shows the growth of, of the sport, the relevancy of it. And, and it just, is this a, just a, 
hey, good job, good effort. I mean, this people care and they're interested. So I, I think it's the totality of that that stood out. You know, the the, the children's hospital and the wave and, and the kid captains. I, I think that's important individually to to each individual person, and of course to the people who, who represent that. But I, I mean, overall, the event itself is really you know, the growth of women's sports that it's here to stay. And it's not just a ain't they quaint and ain't they playing. It's that people really care. And it's, and it's an energizing a fan base uh, to that level. Doc, you are on the football beat. That's your main job at the athletic. You do a lot on the big 10 and TV stuff. You do all kinds of stuff over there, NFL draft, but we know you dabble in a little wrestling men's and women's basketball. Do you anticipate you're going to cover more women's or men's basketball games this year? Mm. Well, at this point, I'm not going to do both all the time. I, mean, <laughs> I still do a lot more football. Yeah. Um, I, I think right now I'll probably do a lot more women. Yeah. I mean, Caitlin Clark for us, as as everybody else, uh, is a, a focus. She's such a compelling figure. And, you know, the metrics tell us a lot. You know, how does each story perform, what the stories are about, how they perform. And anytime you write about Caitlin Clark and something that she's done, it matters, and you don't want them not be there the day that she hits right. fifty points. Yeah, and um, yeah. you know, and men's basketball, uh, you know, there are some important games. I'm not going to diminish that. I've been to a lot of them. I used to go home and away with them, but but uh, right now, nationally, you know, what people really care about beyond the, in, in between the borders here is Caitlin Clark and her performance. So I think that's something that I'll probably focus on more along with football, Big Ten, and, and TV after the football season. Scott Docterman from The Athletic. Doc, what have you got coming up this week? Anything you'd like to promote before we let you go? Yeah, a couple things. I think one is you look at um, tomorrow I'm going to have my midseason report out for football and just how, you know, where Iowa stacks up in so many different areas, grades, all that sort of thing. And then two, later in the week, you know, this is this upcoming Sunday is National Tight End Day. And, mm. uh you know, and and here in Iowa City, I, don't, I think it's without dispute is the national is the tight end U, the, the tight end capital of the world. So I think I'm, I'm going to have something on that on how Iowa has has become tight end U and and what it means to the NFL. It certainly has. Uh, you can't look at the standings or any statistics, and it's got uh, one hawk after another at that position. Remarkable, Scott. Uh, thank you, Doc. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it, Scott Dockerman. Thank you. All right, have a good one, guys. You're the same, Scott Docterman from The Athletic, as uh, we check in on the Hawks. All right, take a time out. Come back, finish up hour number one. Bama Trent and I will go around college football to start the second hour. Alec Bussey, who is in Cincinnati, uh, will join us at 1230 uh, to recap and head as the Iowa State heads into their bye. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Every single month. Hi, Miller and Condon. A couple of minutes left, hour number one. 106.3 106.3 KX, you know, let's, uh, I guess, recap the NFL in three minutes. We'll do more on it tomorrow. Big Monday Nighter tonight, Mr. Monday Night, coming up in about an hour from now. Biggest story from the weekend was, what, the unbeatens going down? I think so, and just the fashion that it happened to, a couple of grinded out, well, October into November, December mm-hmm. type of games. Cleveland, that defense has... Legit. Yeah, that's an eye-opener yep. to be able to do that with your third-team quarterback, that was incredibly impressive. And then the Eagles, though they were undefeated, did they feel no, right? No, yeah. San Fran, San Fan felt like they're unbeaten. Right. Eagles, not. I, I'm with you, Trent. I'm with you. And then it comes to fruition against the Jets team. No Sauce Gardner. 
Right. Both of their corners. Rushed. Both right. Both of their corners. And to lose that one. And oh, by the way, Zach Wilson. <laughs> right. You know, Jalen Hurts didn't look great. No. He's had a few of those performances in the past, but it was just one of those weird Sundays where you have those two go down. I'm guessing the, the properties in Vegas cleaned up. Oh, absolutely. Teasers and parlay mm-hmm. cards with Eagles and Niners. Right. Who looked like gifts. And then last night with the Bills being a mm-hmm. huge favorite and their skin of their teeth won the You know what else was destroyed this weekend was officiating. Uh, bad officiating. Uh, calls that were missed and calls uh, flags that were thrown that weren't penalties. I thought that was a uh, a talking point from this past weekend as well. It, we knew coming into the year the AFC was better than the NFC. Six and zero yesterday, the AFC against the NFC. Is that right? They are sixteen and ten on the year. You take away the crappy Patriots, sixteen Oof. and seven AFC over the NFC this New year. New England's really bad. All but three teams have a five hundred or better record in the AFC. Isn't that something? How are we going to sort this Oof, thing out? I know it. Since he back, I think so. It, Bro didn't look as good as he did the week previous. It was not what I was hoping this step for because we're both invested in mm-hmm. Cincinnati. But Seattle's pretty good. The Seattle's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And a nice win. Not yep. the win that you put tack 10 more points on each team. Right. Like, okay. Yeah, I feel better. Right. But pretty good. And Seattle marches right down the field, touchdown Kenneth Walker. Yeah. Cincinnati comes back and responds. And then it was kind of punting back and forth. Slug. Yeah. <laughs> Well, cold day in Cincinnati, that's going to happen. I watch more Vikings and Bears in the early window than anything else. Ooh, what's wrong with you? I don't know. I think I've had the hangover from Wisconsin and Iowa. You just want to see more I'm garbage? i used to that football. Right. Uh, boy, that was tough to watch. And then Hurts gets, I've Hurts, um, Fields gets banged up. Mm-hmm. Um, with broken fingers, is that what it is, or thumb? Yeah, it couldn't grip Oof. the ball. Oof. We got um, some uh, Wolf quarterback matchups next week, including that one. You ready for a little Brian Hoyer against... Bassert? Is that the guy's name? The, yes. The, the Bears backup? Yeah. Tyler Bassert? That's what Where did he go to school? Is that the kid that went to a... D3 school in like mm-hmm. West Virginia or something like that. Good for him, though. Made it to the league. He did. All right, Bama and I and Trent will recap college football weekend that started on Friday. Did you see the end of the game? Or did you oh, like I most did. Of, well, it's because you worked late Friday. Yes. I think most of the... I'll say 80% of the country turned off their TV. It was 29-zip. Home free. I was happy. I had something to watch late at night. It was what great. What a finish. And the, and the weekend just went on from there. I, I also live bet it. That was you did? <laughs> Plus 560. That was Hour a nice one. Hour two next. 106.3 K.